0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church, entitled, Mission Impossible, Part 3. Enjoy. God, you're everything we could ever want. And so... So much more. And Lord, we know this is, this is supernatural. This is above and beyond what we could ever do or imagine. You are the supernatural author of life and you're operating in us now. And you're here this morning in our presence. And we're leaving here today very different than when we came in. We're leaving here stronger. We're leaving here with a greater awareness of your spirit in our lives. You are great, and you're greatly to be praised. And we thank you for your will done in our lives, just as it is in heaven. We thank you for confirming your word with signs following. We thank you for your presence here and now, meeting every need known and unknown. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you to be ready to receive from God. Don't expect things to just continue going as they are. God is is all about abundant life. That was his declared purpose for coming. I came that you might have life and might have it more more abundantly. That's another way to spell Jesus, M O R E: More than enough. Hallelujah. Well, in the beginning of August, we started a series uh, that's entitled... Yeah It's entitled "Mission: Impossible." But we only did part one and part two, and then we went away to Nashville for almost three weeks. And uh, and while we are gone, Debbie ministered the Word, and Alan ministered the Word. And boy, I've just heard great things about it, and I'm so excited. The Word of God is in all of us, and God has something in you for the people around you. God is good. And then we came back last week, and the title of our message was, It's Already Done. You remember that? And it's good. And I want to encourage you to go to highwaychurch.us and listen to that podcast. Just click on the podcast button or the iTunes button either way, whichever one you want to use. It's all free, and you can listen to all of our messages all the way back to our first Sunday last year. So they're all there for you. And I'm telling you, there's more than enough there for you. It will help you tremendously. Just keep listening, and it will grow inside of you. It'll grow and there will come a point. You know, when you hear a promise of God, sometimes it's so exciting because maybe it's something you haven't believed in God for. Maybe there's a need in your life and a promise of God comes your way and you realize that's it. That's the answer. But don't stop. Grab a hold of that thing and speak that thing in your life. Meditate on it day and night. Speak it, believe it, speak it, believe it, hear it. Keep it in your ears. And it just becomes a steady source of life. And that's how we grow strong. Just keep that flow going. You need to hear the promises of God proclaimed. And that's what we want to do because relationship with God is all about His promises. Hallelujah, our relationship with God is only as strong as our faith is in His promises, so how well you know him is it corresponds with your faith in His promises because he is His promises, His promises and His will are, are they just go together that 's the heart of God as revealed in His promises. hallelujah, boy, boy i 'm so excited. Go holy Spirit, so we 're going to continue with mission Impossible. Part three, and speaking of Mission Impossible, and you remember the old TV series and special agents, did you guys uh, hear about the undercover alligator that was working for the CIA? Yeah, they found him in New Orleans, of all places, and he was was recognized because this alligator was wearing a vest, and the reason he was wearing a vest is because he was an investigator for the CIA, so, mission impossible, mission impossible, we want you to know with every fiber of your spirit, soul, and body that God did the impossible for you, he did it for you, in Romans chapter 8 verse 3 says, for what the law was powerless couldn't do it powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature God did by sending his own son the law couldn't give you new life the law couldn't set you free from sin the law couldn't heal your body God did that through Jesus the law couldn't set you free from depression the law couldn't set you free from condemnation the power of sin is the law the scripture says right? God had to send his son so that you could be forever free and experience the wholeness that he's wanted for you all along. And not only did God do the impossible for you, but he's empowered you through Christ to do the impossible. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that awesome? Luke chapter 1 verse 37 says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Isn't that good news? Nothing Nothing. Mark 9.23 says, All things are possible to him who believes. Now, this is supernatural. You have to pay attention to what you're listening to. Okay? You guys know who Smith Wigglesworth was? Uh, I have a little a book of his sermons called Ever-Increasing Faith, one of my favorite reads. It's just little short sermonettes by him. Really encourage your faith. But he made up his mind that he just wasn't going to read the newspaper anymore because of all of the natural perspectives in there. And you guys know who Lester Summerall is? Both, again, very significant men in their generations that did change the world and impacted the world for Christ. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth and both of them were known for moving very powerful uh, in in the spirit. But uh, Lester Summerall came to visit Smith Wigglesworth and he knocked on his door and asked him if he came in, and Smith noticed that he had a newspaper under his arm. And he said, you can come in, but you have to leave that outside. <laughs> and I, I want to share something with you and encourage you. I mean, I, I grew up in a home where the news was on and newspapers were being read, and boy, you know, if you travel anywhere in any the airports, what's on? News, 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 news. But you know what? I really don't listen to it, and I don't watch it. I mean, I, I need to be abreast of current events and, and, and I probably should do that a little more. But I'll tell you what, there is an overtone in these news broadcasts. There's an underlying fear in them. They don't realize it. Not, they're not trying to. It's just the enemy can manipulate the airwaves and you watch these broadcasts and you keep watching that news and if you're not careful, that underlying fear can start to attach itself to you. There's nothing wrong with knowing what's going on in the world, but you don't need a steady diet of it, right? The news that you need is in your Bible. This you definitely need a steady diet of it. And boy, would the world change if you were traveling in airports and this was on TV, right? Wow, what a different atmosphere you'd have. You'd see a major decline in terrorism, right, if this was being broadcast by CNN, but we need to have this broadcast in our minds and in our hearts and with our mouths. All right, if we're gonna if we're gonna go all the way, if we're gonna go, and we are, right? Hallelujah! So with God, nothing is impossible. So I, I remember it was funny. I remember growing up, didn't even know the Lord, but my brother and I used to joke about this. I'd hear at the end of each newscast there'd be a little health report, and it'd be the, uh, this next thing that's going to kill you. And we just used to laugh as kids. It was at one point milk was going to kill you. And I would just laugh and I'd go to the refrigerator and have a drink of milk, you know. But they'd say, oh, new discovery, this is bad for you. New discovery, this is bad for you. And people would be listening to that and in researching, oh, we're not going to do that anymore. Oh, we better not do that anymore. We better not do that And then they'd come out maybe years later and say, oh, remember that report that we had on this being bad for you? Actually, that's not really true. We've discovered it's not bad for you. And, and, and see, and that's how you end up living. Because nothing is impossible with him, but with man, a lot of things are impossible. A lot of things don't make sense. A lot of things aren't even on the radar of man's reasoning. Man's trying to do everything he can to try and fix things, but there are things man can't fix, but God has fixed them through Jesus. And that's what we're all about. Jesus, the, the impossible Jesus, the Jesus who makes all things possible. Hallelujah. So we're focusing on in this series what the impossible things that God did for us through Christ. The reality in our lives now and 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 what he wants to do through us in Christ. What he's empowered us to do in Christ. I mean, I'm talking about the supernatural life, love power, wisdom, strength, and provision of God showing up in your everyday circumstances. We shake off this mediocre uh, religious humdrum blah. We're walking with Christ. We are more than conquerors. This is the abundant life we're living. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hallelujah you know there are versions of christianity over the years that tried to sap the supernatural right out of it especially regarding this life but at highway church we know and we boldly declare that we are who he says we are and that we have what he says we have and that we can do what he says we can do and it's knowing this knowing that every promise is fulfilled, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing that God did the impossible for you, knowing what God did for you through Christ and what he's empowered you to do in Christ that makes us brave, joyful, fearless, strong people. That's us. Did you know you're all of those things? You are. Hallelujah. We were designed for this. We were made for the glory of God to shine through us. We were designed to to be tabernacles of his presence. Hallelujah. God himself has taken up residence in you. That means you don't have any problems, right? So God wants to reveal himself not only to you, but through you. Do you know that you're being raised up as a shrine, Under God. Have you ever thought about that? We think of shrines in terms of cults or different. But God wants to raise you up as a living example of the abundant life. He wants to raise you up so that people can gather around you and see him. If you ever ever traveled different places, different nations, you see different shrines of different cultures set up, and people come from miles to gather around that. God wants people to come from miles to be with you to know him, to see Christ in you. (sighs) Yeah, so they can get to know you and realize there is a better way to live, right? There is an answer for this situation. So they can see that abundant, more than conqueror life radiating through you. Hallelujah. And, And here at Highway Church, we don't just talk about it. We're partakers of this life. We're walking in this thing. And we're like Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 in the Living Bible, where he said, we're those who walk in the fresh newness of life. We're those who are alive from the dead. That's us. That's us. Isn't that great? You know, God's people have always been different. (laughs) We've always been distinct from others. Not extinct, distinct. And the distinction between those who know God and those who don't is his presence in their lives and his favor upon their lives. I mean, this goes all the way back back to Adam, really. (laughs) It goes back to Adam and Eve. They were distinct from all of God's creation. It was God's presence and authority on their lives. They had authority over all the earth. I mean, we saw it in Cain. God marked Cain so that anyone who met Cain would know he belonged to God and he would be protected. Isn't that awesome? I mean, we see it in Enoch. You remember Enoch? He was Noah's what? Dad, grandfather, or great-grandfather? Great-grandfather. Yeah, Enoch. And the writer of Hebrews talks about Enoch. He was different. He was distinct. He was pleased. He had a faith in God. And God found him so pleasing, he was transported. And he never tasted death. Oh, I like that. Isn't that awesome? God's people are different. We're distinct. It's his presence and his favor on our lives. And his great-grandson, God used him to save the world. See, so we're conscious or whatever stage in life that I'm conscious that my relationship with God is going to affect my children, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren. Yeah. So we're looking down the road, right, like Enoch, right, so that our great-grandchildren will impact the world, right? And guess who came from the line of Noah? Jesus, right? You can read that in Luke. And Noah, boy, he was different, He didn't go with the immoral culture that he was living in. He was righteous, right? He found favor and grace in the sight of God, and God blessed him and delivered him and his family from a worldwide catastrophe. We've not seen anything like Noah saw, but God kept him safe. And Abraham, man, I like that guy. Oh man, he was someone that God spoke to him and he left the things that were familiar to him. He left his family, the country he lived in and he didn't know where he was going. He was looking for a place whose builder and maker was God. He just followed God's voice for his life and he knew that the God he was following was the one who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. And his grandson, who was Abraham's grandson? Who was his son? Isaac and grandson Jacob, right? And Jacob, he at one point was a deceiver, but God's presence in his life transformed his character, and he became the prince of God. He became Israel. And and we see that all throughout the Old Testament. We see it in Joseph's life. I like Joseph. He's one of my heroes in the Scriptures. As a young man, God gave him a dream and vision for his future and for his life, and his siblings couldn't handle it. They were jealous of him and they they got rid of him, threw him in a pit. But regardless of how people abused him, treated him, uh, lied about him, accused him, he kept his relationship with God vibrant and strong. And he didn't lash out at them. He didn't try and get even. He was trusting in God no matter what. It doesn't matter how people treat you. It doesn't matter if they see the vision that God's put inside of you. All that matters is that you are trusting in him because no one can stop his plan and purpose from coming to fruition in your life, because God is greater. We saw it in Moses' life. How about that a little baby boy? The ruler of Egypt says all all boys slaughtered. Right, a little baby boys, sla- all Israelite boys. What was it? Was it under the age of two? Slaughtered, right? And and little baby Moses, mom says no. She puts him in a basket and sends him down the river. You know, there are all kinds of things in that river. He could have been a snack. Right? Could have been a snack for a a passing hippo. Yeah, hippo, right? (laughs) What do they have? Whatever they have in that river, right? But it didn't happen that way because God had a purpose and a vision for his life. And the daughter of the man who issued that edict that he should be murdered took him in and raised him. So he, he was well provided for in the house of the man who issued the edict to kill him. Can't stop God. Can't stop God. Ended up leading his people out of the bondage of that nation that gave the issue, the edict to slaughter him, right? The Israelites, we saw in the Israelites' life, man, they, they so many times they just rejected God and they ended up be, uh, becoming slaves as a result of their unbelief and, and complaining. And they, when they finally called out to God, he was already ready to deliver them and he brought them out of hundreds of years of bondage. And in Psalm 105:37, I think it is, uh, it says that they came out from bondage with silver and gold, went from poverty to wealth in one night. That's supernatural. CNN can't figure out how that could happen. God does things like that. And there was not one feeble one among them. From from sickness to health in one night. That's our God. And He's provided that for us and more in Christ. Amen. Well, we saw it in David's life. Boy, I like David. Young, young boy, you know, kind of kind of not even acknowledged by his family. And he was given the responsibility of caring for the sheep and pretty much forgotten about, not considered important. But and you, have you ever felt that way? Like you're not acknowledged, you're not important, and you're kind of given a responsibility that no one really knows what you're doing. But David, in, the, in that solitude, took advantage of it. And he would write songs to God. He'd worship God. He cultivated this intimate relationship with the God of Israel. And as a result, when something threatened the responsibility have had, like a lion or a bear, he would jump on them and kill them. He was fearless. And he cultivated this brave, fearless confidence in his God, and he ended up becoming the hero of his nation. Right? When 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 the nation, when all of the soldiers were petrified at Goliath, he ran full speed towards him and took off his head. We're different, God's people. We're not politically correct. Do you know that? Amen. There's a major problem with political correctness. It's anti-love. You say, what do you mean, anti-love? Love is not easily offended. Political correctness teaches you to be easily offended. People have to say the right things when I'm around or I'm going to sue them. Right? Everyone has to treat me a certain way or I'll get offended. And I'll, I'll call the news and they'll do a story on it and I'm going to get some money out of this because I, I've got my rights. Mm-mm. We're different. Love is not easily offended. Love keeps no record of wrongs. So you can call me every name in the book and I'm not going to call a lawyer right? I'm not going to try and sue you. I'm going to love you. We're different. It's God's presence in our lives, right? Hallelujah. We're not lawsuit happy people, right? We're love happy people. Hallelujah. Daniel's life. I like Daniel. There's a spirit upon him that the, the authorities of the nation he was subject to recognized, and he continued to get promoted and elevated and, and became the, one of the king's very own counselors. Hallelujah. Boy, we see it in Jesus too. I liked little boy Jesus in Luke. It tells us about the boy Jesus and how he was determined to be about the things that were important to his father God. And it said he grew in wisdom and favor and stature among men. We see it in Jesus' disciples. We see Peter and James and John. And Stephen, these men that that were transformed by God's presence and favor upon their lives and impacted the world. We saw it in Saul who became Paul. So we're different. We're different people. We know that God did the impossible for us. And he's empowered us to do the impossible in Christ. And his presence is in our lives. And his favor is upon our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we think differently about life. We see things differently. We look at ourselves differently. We look at ourselves as God's special agents in the world. We're we're vessels of God's redemption. We realize that God wants to reach the world around us through us, right? So we carry ourselves differently. So I want to read to you a part from an e-devotional that I received from Jack Hayford, and it's talking about the importance of God's people in the earth. You're significant in this world, and God wants to do what he wants to do through you. So you have a lot to be excited about. And Jack Hayford is a founding pastor of the Church on the Way Out in California, and he's really the producer, the one who orchestrated the Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible, which is a great Bible study resource. But this is what he writes in this um, devotional. He says, The incarnation shows that God has willed to work all redemptive operations through His children. The incarnation was uh, miraculous that God came to earth in, human, in a human body, right? Right? Jesus was all God and all man. He referred to himself as the son of man. That shows that God has willed to work all redemptive operations through his children. And the establishment of the church is the evidence that both the father and the son want that process of redemption to flow now through the agency of the church. That's you and me. God works redemption through The church. The church are those, I'm not talking about a religious institution. I'm talking about the people who know their God, right? Works redemption through the church, which is people who call upon his rule to invade the mischievous and the merciless works of satanic power. Isn't that what Jesus did? Acts 10.38 says he went about doing good. Right, in healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. Jesus said, You'll do the things I did and greater things than these. John fourteen, twelve. So we invade the mischievous and merciless works of satanic power and bring the healing life of Christ. Jesus says, When you pray, and after that you have come before the Father with worship, begin to call for his will to be worked on earth. That's the only way it's going to happen here. When those who want his will to be done declare that it be done. All right? That's the way that it gets done. So God has chosen to do the impossible through you. Hallelujah. He's chosen to do the impossible through you. And I saw this as I was preparing for, for, for today, uh, earlier this week, as I was just thinking about how, the, that we are vessels for God's presence and God's redemption to flow into people's lives. I kind of, I saw something inside. I, thought, I saw this expanse of grayness and black and confusion. And then I saw this door pop open. And light radiate from it. And then I saw another door pop open and light radiate from it. Then I saw a door over here pop open and light radiate from it. And another one. All of a sudden, all these doors started popping open and lights started pushing back. The darkness and the grayness and and things became clear. And you know who those doors are? You. Right? See, when when you put your faith in the promises of God, you become a door, a, 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 a portal that God can flow through to change the world around you. So the doors that I saw as I was preparing were people who are grabbing a hold of the promises of God, who are standing on His promises, and who are speaking His will forth into the earth. And the enemy wants to shut your door, doesn't he? Right? And the way that he can shut our door is through fear, worry, depression, discouragement, all of these things. He tries to close the door so that the light doesn't shine where we go. So our faith in God makes us open doors for him to operate in the earth, to do the impossible through us so we want to recognize the enemy's schemes it doesn't take very long for a discouraging thought to pop into your mind and if you entertain that it doesn't take very long for you to become discouraged right but we're, we're wise and we we're aware of the enemy's schemes you see you don't have any reason to be discouraged because God is your father So I don't have any problems anymore. I gave them all to him. I'm letting him take care of them, right? I'm just going to keep my mind stayed on him and let him fix what needs to be fixed. So what the enemy wants to do is take your focus off of his promise and provision and put them on your mistakes or shortcomings. Right? And that's, it's amazing, you know, and I I can relate to this because I've dealt with all kinds of darkness in my life and, and people in my family. But it's interesting, if you'll talk with someone who's dealing with depression or discouragement, what they'll talk about is what's happened to them and how they're feeling and what they've been through and what, so-and-so did to them. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do is turn your focus in on life onto what others have done or haven't done to you, how you've missed that, or how you haven't had this, or, or where you... And, and all that will do is send you down. See, what God wants to do is lift you up by realizing it doesn't matter how people have treated you. His love yeah. will heal you and make you whole and elevate you above what you've been through. Yeah. Just like Joseph, right? So God wants to elevate you. You're a a door for God to walk through into someone's life. That the light and life of Christ would shine through you and the people you meet. And I'll tell you, things get dark when, when, when you start listening to the enemy. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. So we're not listening to the enemy. We're not uh, not upset anymore or bitter about what we haven't had or who did what to us. We've given that all to God now. We're going forward. We're letting the light of Christ shine through the open door of our faith-filled lives. Isaiah 60 verses 1 and 2. Arise, shine. What's the opposite of that, right? Right? Lay down, pull the covers over your head, right? That's what. Isn't that interesting? When people are dealing with depression, they don't want to with depression they don't want to be around light. In fact, I remember years ago talking with someone, and this one person was saying, "Well, they." I had a doctor recommend to me that I should get a light box and sit in front of this light box for so much time each day that that will help my depression. I thought it was interesting that that deduction that light would help. Because depression is darkness, right? And light changes that. Now, whether or not that works, I don't know. But I know light fixes darkness, right? Light. So arise and shine. Don't get in bed and pull the covers over your head and pull the blinds down. Stand up. Declare the glory of God with your mouth. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Living Bible says it this way. Arise, my people. Let your light shine for all the nations to see, for the glory of the Lord is streaming from you. Ah, think of yourself as a streaming light for Christ everywhere you go. The glory of the Lord is streaming from you. Thank you. Darkness as black as night shall cover all the peoples of the earth, but the glory of the Lord will shine yes. from you. Those are the doors I was seeing all throughout this region. The glory of God streaming from you and streaming from you and streaming from you. And we all come together and... Darkness flees in the presence of the light of Christ. Hallelujah. Arise and shine. So you're going through today and the rest of the week. I want you to think of the glory of the Lord streaming through you streaming through you. Anytime fear knocks on your door, worry, depression, discouragement, you you resist it. You actively fight against it and declare that you are, are redeemed. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You are healed and whole and strong in Him and in His mighty power. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, on that show, Mission Impossible, the team of special agents, they were called the impossible mission force. I like that the IMF, and that's us. We're the impossible mission force for God. The impossible is where God lives, right? That's, that's how he, he operates in those places. And we're not afraid of those places because the impossible, the one who operates in the impossible is living in us. And 2 Corinthians, will close with this, 2 Corinthians chapter two. 2 Corinthians chapter two. Actually, before we read this, let's do Daniel 11. He even pulled up Daniel 11. This is a prophetic scripture, and we don't have time to read the whole thing. We're going to start in verse 32, but Daniel's prophesying about two kings. And in verse 32, he's talking about the king of the north. They were evil kings. He says, such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he, that's the king of the north, Corrupt by flatteries. But look at the end of verse 32. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. That's us. We're the impossible mission force in the earth. We're the people who know their God and we're strong and we do exploits for God. The sick are healed in our presence, right? The, the, the dead are raised in our presence. The, 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 those in bondage are set free when they meet us because the presence of God is in us. We know our God and we're strong. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. So this is how I want you to think of yourself as you're going through the week. But thanks be to God who in Christ some of the time if the weather report is positive no thanks be to God who in Christ 24 hours a day 7 days a week every month of every year of our lives without fail always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory how often does he do it? always always and through who through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you're like one of those diffusers you ever see those perfume diffusers you get for aroma you put them in your home or your office and these sticks sticking out of them they've got perfume in them and, and it changes the aroma in the room. That's you. So when you walk into work tomorrow, the aroma of Christ is being diffused through you, right? The glory of the Lord is streaming from you. And you just let God do His thing. You don't have to make anything happen, but you just let God work through you. And watch what happens. For we are, verse 15, for we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which exhales unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. We're different. We're distinct. The presence of God is in us. The favor of God is upon us. I want to read this to you out of the Moffat's translation. Verse 14, grab a hold of this. Wherever I go, thank God. He makes my life a constant Pageant of triumph in Christ. I like that. Diffusing the perfume of his knowledge everywhere by me. Wherever I go. I live for God as the fragrance of Christ. See, when you're living for him, that alone just takes the stress out of things. I'm living for him now. I'm not living to be what my, my family told me I should be growing up. Right? I'm living for him. I'm not living to, to please man and others' expectations of me. I'm living to please him. That will alleviate so much discouragement and stress right there. When you're no longer afraid of what men think of you, when you're no longer living for others' approval of you, That's a source of depression right there. I live for God as the fragrance of Christ. It's all about Him now. Breathe the like among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. The The Phillips New Testament says it this way. Thanks be to God who leads us wherever we are on His own triumphant way and makes our knowledge of Him spread throughout the world like a lovely perfume. The unmistakable scent of Christ the fresh fragrance of life itself Ah, hallelujah so in part two of Mission Impossible we looked at God's plan for redemption that Jesus defeated Satan redeemed us from sin and we're going to pick up there next week God is good we're just letting it flow hallelujah Father we thank you for your light streaming from us, for your glory streaming from us. We thank you for the knowledge of you being diffused through us everywhere we go. Thank you, Lord God, in the supermarkets, in the, the grocery stores, in the, uh, in the restaurants, in the malls and shopping places, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our friends' houses, everywhere we go. You make our lives a constant pageant of triumph. And we thank you for your victory. You always cause us to triumph in Christ. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us Or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good he is.